Welcome to Inflection Point Moment. I'm Jeff Heyer-Jones. And I'm Rhonda Peterson. We're here today to talk tips, tricks, and resources for growth-oriented small business owners. So let's jump in. Welcome to Inflection Point Moments for this Monday. Jeff and I are really excited today because here to talk about law for small businesses is someone that, Jeff, we both know. We have brought on with us today Maritza Nelson, who is a small business attorney, and I love how she describes what she does. She is a sophisticated legal counsel for serious entrepreneurs. And she, Maritza, we are so grateful that you are here with us today because actually we have a lot of people who are interested in this topic and signed up that they were going to be joining us today. So folks, if you're here with us, please type a message and say hi and where you're from in the chat so that we can know you're here. You're welcome to type a question at any time. And um, as we can, we will um, incorporate those into the conversation today. So, <clears throat> excuse me, and I have a frog. I don't know where he came from, but he's causing me major problems today. So, Marisa, welcome to um, this group. I remember, oh gosh, it's probably been six years ago, at a NABO meeting, meeting you when you were really early on in your business, or at least that's what I remember being the case. And you just have grown like crazy since then. And it's really exciting to know what you've done. So, yeah, welcome, welcome in. Thanks. So glad to be here. So glad that we could make this happen. And yeah, six years ago, that was pretty early on in the business. So I'm really excited about the way things have taken off. Yeah, you, do, you do great work for a lot of people. So Jeff and I, um, actually, Maritza was a speaker at one of the NABO events early this year, Columbus NABO, National Association of Women Business Owners. <clears throat> hey, Grant, nice to have you with us. And um, at that meeting, I heard her speaking about some of the issues that you need to think about as a, as a small business owner, or as Jeff and I like to call it, small but mighty business owners. And um, so I came back and was talking to Jeff about some of the things that I learned and, you know, things we needed to think about and what have you. But I, I wasn't saying Maritza's name. I, was, I heard from a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. Not that I didn't want to share Maritza. I just was talking about what she said. Anyway, it took us a little bit to figure out, but Jeff knew Maritza too, and he's been referring people to her for a good long while. So, you know, when you're good at what you do, people, people start knowing about you. So, yeah. That is definitely the name of the game. I mean, if you're in service, you're in, it's a reputation business. And so that that's hugely important. And that I cannot thank Jeff enough for that and for the, the trust that he's placed in us with his clients. Well, I know that the, that trust is well-placed from that standpoint. So Marisa, let's just jump right in. And I was wondering if you can just uh, talk about what are the top three issues? I mean, when I say jump right in, I mean like jump right in. <laughs> So what are the top three issues that you see with small business owners or serious entrepreneurs when they come to you? <clears throat> yeah, I love the way you put that, right? Small but mighty, because I think so oftentimes people look at small business and they go, oh, that's just pathetic, right? That's just something you just do on the side as a hobby, right? And it's 
No, we, we are running the economy. We're doing big things, right? So whether you're a small but mighty business or a serious entrepreneur, like I just, I love that. Um, gosh, trying to narrow it down to three things is really hard. Um, obviously, contracts is a big one. Um, you know, with small businesses, um, you've heard me say this before, but so often, you know, we, we're dealing with people that we know, like, and trust, especially in service businesses. And so there's this tendency to do things, you know, on a handshake. Um, or just a really, you know, short, we just kind of threw something together on paper that's good enough, right? And, and all the problems that can come out of, you know, contracts that either aren't on paper or aren't done very well on paper. Um, so that would be one. Um, you know, th- another one that we're getting a lot of questions about is just trademarks and copyrights. So, you know, mm. if you're branding, if, if you're putting together content, right, making sure that that stuff is protected. Um, you know, I see a lot of people that, you know, they don't come and ask us about that question until, you know, things have blown up and now my brand, my name is known. I've got that recognition. And then we do a trademark search and we go, Ooh, we're never going to be able to get this trademark. Right. So that's that catch 22. Do we rebrand after you've already put so much time and money and effort into this? Right. Or do we take the risk that somebody might pop up one day and threaten you with trademark infringement? Um, and we see similar stuff on the, on the copyright, the content side of things. Um, and then if I had to pick just a third one, I would probably say employment. Um, you know, everybody mm. wants to use 1099s, right? Save on payroll taxes. I get it. Um, but obviously we're seeing a lot of different sort of alphabet soup agencies, taxing agencies crack down on that. Everybody I talk to, myself included, we're all struggling to hire right now, right? So even if you want employees, sure. it's, it's easier said than done, right? And so dealing with those issues, because for most of us, you know, we're passionate about what it is that we do, which is why I love working with entrepreneurs um, that doesn't necessarily make you an expert in HR. <laughs> so uh, if I had to pick three, right, those are three broad ones, but I think I'd go with those three. Okay, well, those are three really um, important things that we all need to be aware of. And just last week, we had a hiring and re- retention um, expert on with us, Erin um, Longmoon, who is one of our other um, curated small business experts that we like to talk to. So we hear you on the hiring side of things. She didn't really address all the legal side of that, obviously, because she's not a lawyer. But um, that is certainly one thing that we need to know about but let's talk a little bit more about contracts. And by the way, I want to say hi to Kenda Thomas, who's who's jumped on and says that she's here with us. She's uh, from a small software company and commercial property management company in Dublin. It sounds like Kenda wears all the hats. Um, so as far as contracts are concerned, and we all as small business owners are dealing with contracts one way or another. Yeah, sometimes we do things on a handshake. I know. Don't. Don't yell at me. (laughs) But as far as contracts are concerned, tell me about the kinds of things that you see um, with contracts and how we um, how we need to handle contracts. Like, can we can we come to you and have you develop a contract template, for lack of a better description? that we can use with our clients and that provides us with the protection that we need or how do we, how do we handle something like that? Cause Grant's asking this question right now. She wants, he wants to know more about that. So. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, that is something that we do for our clients. The, the difference though, is that we're not just handing you, here's a generic template that we just give out to everybody and we just charge some a certain amount of money for, right? We're actually customizing it 
for your particular business, right? So yes, I get it. Small businesses, we do a lot of stuff on a handshake. A lot of times we try to put something together ourselves. Maybe we grabbed a template from a friend of a friend who had something similar, right? Those types of things. <laughs> um, my job as the attorney is not to come in and smite you, right? It's not to come in and yell at you and like, I can't believe you did this. You're an idiot, right? That type of a thing. Like, I know help. there are attorneys out there like that. That's not what we're doing. Um, it really is, you know, here are the risks, right? These are the things that you're risking when you do that. I understand, you know, like to trust this person. That's not a business strategy that I can tell you to rely on, right? Um, yeah. I often tell people, you know, if I had a dollar for every time somebody said, oh, they would never stab me in the back. I've known them since, you know, we were like, yay, hi, or from elementary school, or, or it's my cousin or whatever, right? Yeah. I'd be sitting on a beach somewhere and maybe I'd still do this for fun. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I wouldn't be sitting in my office right now. Like the people that you know, like, and trust, unfortunately, those are the situations that would really blow up in your face. Um, and you hate to see it because oftentimes it's something not even related to the business and it then just spills over into it. So yeah, we'll do those custom contracts for clients. I, my sort of short rule for when you're looking at a contract and is this going to work, right? What are we supposed to do? Um, you know, is this good enough? Should I take this to the attorney? Is I want you to take that contract that you've put together or doctored up or whatever the case might be. And I want you to find like a trusted business colleague, right? Somebody that's got some business sense, um, but wasn't necessarily involved in the deal. And I want you to ask them, you know, based on the four corners of the document, right? Just what's on the paper. Can you tell me who is supposed to do what by when and for how much? The caveat is you can't give them any additional backstory, explanation, what it should have said, what we meant, here's what it happened was, none of that extra, right? Because if things go wrong and there's some sort of dispute, nine times out of the out of 10, the court's not going to hear any of that extra backstory. They're just going to look at what's on that paper, right? Mm -hmm. So who are the parties to the contract, right? What is everybody supposed to do, right? What are the quality standards? What? How do we know it's done? What happens if it's only partially done, right? Like get real specific on the what. Uh, who supposed to do what, you know, by when, right? <laughs> Let's be specific. When are you supposed to get paid for providing these services, right? When are you supposed to provide the services, right? Not yeah, just absolutely. You're going to pay me, right? So who's supposed to do what, by when, for how much, right? How are we doing those payments? Are they all up front? Is it half and half? Is it, you know, net 90, right? How are we doing those payments? Um, how are you getting paid? Do you take checks? Do you take credit card? Are they going to get paid in crypto or whatever the next thing is, right? What is that going to look like? Um, and as I said, you know, you've got to do that without explaining any of the backstory. And then the one caveat that doesn't really fit in there is sometimes we have to get into and who owns what, right? So if this is a contract that deals with copyrights or trademarks, if it deals with branding, if it deals with content, um, you know, it's you're, you're licensing something, right? Those types of situations, it may seem obvious, but again, we want to spell it out in detail. At the end of this deal, who's going to own what? If this deal goes south, who's going to own what? So those are the types of things that we look for. And if you hand that to a business colleague and they look at the document and they can't answer those questions for you, you know, we've got holes in it. That is a really fascinating way to address that. And I, what I'm hearing is one of the things that is going to provide so much value with you as an attorney being part of this process is there are a lot of questions in there that are, are going to require you to really put your big person panties on and have a tough <laughs> conversation about, 
okay, what happens if things don't go as we anticipated? Because who wants to think about that? Well, I don't want to as a visionary. And I'm like, it's all going <laughs> to, Jeff knows this, it's all going to be perfect. And yeah, right. What planet do I live on? But the whole concept of having someone who's the one who's drafting for you and saying, we got to figure out these things and bringing those to your attention. That's, that is one of the big places where an attorney provides value for you. Absolutely. Because so much of what we have to deal with, unfortunately, is the, yes, I want this to be amazing. I want your business to blow up, right? My clients get better, right? My firm gets better, right? So it's a team effort. But what happens if something goes wrong? And where attorneys bring a lot of value is we see all the things that go wrong so much more often than you do. So you might have one or two examples. I've got a dozen, right? Just because I see this stuff so often. And so we may Mm -hmm. point out things that you didn't even think to consider. You're like, oh, people do that, right? That happens. So often I, I joke with people, but you know, that miscellaneous section at the end of a contract, that's all the legalese. It was like, oh, it's all the same, whatever. Nobody ever reads that stuff, right? All of that's there because there was that one time, <laughs> right? Where something happened and all the attorneys went, okay, from now on, we have to address this, right? Um, and so that's really important. And just thinking through, you know, if things go wrong, then what? How are we going to deal with that? How are we going to save on costs? How are we going to try to preserve relationships? So I like to tell people, you know, having a contract is not saying, hey, I don't trust you. And I think you're a horrible business person. You're going to stab me in the back. Having that well-drafted written contract is we do have a relationship here. We do know each other, like each other and trust each other. And I want to preserve that, right? I respect you enough to say, let's make sure that we are literally on the same page. Yeah, well said. And Yasmin Robles is is echoing that same thing that the people you need the contract the most contract with the most are people you know, like, and trust. It, that doesn't mean you don't know, like, and trust them. It means that we have to communicate. And I mean, if spouses can be in a space where they live in the same house and they don't, you know, like, oh, let's not even talk about the fact that what I, don't I say A... <laughs> My husband says B, and we think we're doing the same thing. No, we have to make sure it takes a while to get that nailed down. So why do we think that somebody we're doing business with, that if we say, yes, I want that done by a week from tomorrow, they know what I mean by a week from tomorrow. No, let's put a date on that. Thank you. So, I mean, they know what done means. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, business partners are oftentimes some of the absolute worst. I mean, and and granted, right? I am the jaded attorney. I I get it. I confess that. Um, But yeah, business partners and those agreements, like those are the absolute worst. Because while I have always said I never wanted to be a divorce attorney, um, fights between business partners are exactly that. Um, And a lot of it comes up because they don't have a good agreement or they haven't dusted it off in 10, 15, 20 years, right? Or I had no idea that's what it said or that's what it meant. Right. Or it didn't even address what whatever the issue is. Yeah. So important. And, you know, one of the things, Maritza, I always like talking about one of the elephants in the room that I hear oftentimes uh, from small business owners around the law firm kind of model, because you've got a unique model that I think a lot of people probably don't know about. Um, But oftentimes you hear, oh, I hate to send this contract because I'm going to get billed 
X dollars an hour and I don't know how long this is going to take and I really can't afford a surprise thousand dollar bill for looking at, at this contract and kind of fixing it. So I think I'm just going to roll the dice on this and be okay with mm -hmm. a friend of a friend. And one of the things that I think would be really cool to hear a little bit about your story on why you created your firm and the backstory behind that and how you're really positioned to help small business owners, I would say, in a more innovative and different way than the typical law firm model that people are used to, which is I engage with a lawyer, we have a discussion, and then I get bills by quarter of an hour on talk to client for 15 minutes, did research for 30, <laughs> drafted this, mailed this. You know, I think that a lot of times for small business owners where they've had that, um, you know, it, it doesn't always... I think it's hard for people to compute the value of the work that the, the lawyer or the firm did in kind of this older model of billing for time for everything where, you know, I, I have a, a friend uh, who I referred to you. I'm not sure if they went through or not, but they were kind of like, man, I talked to my lawyer and it's like, I got a bill for 15 minutes. And the first 10 minutes was asking me how my family and things were before we got to <laughs> And like, I don't like calling or I don't like taking those calls because I know I'm going to get this bill. So maybe share a little bit about your background and how specifically you're serving small businesses, because I think it's really an innovative way to kind of address some of those concerns where small business owners can get the value and the assistance that they need from a lawyer at really reasonable um reasonable price point and not kind of have that feeling of, ooh, how much is this going to cost? Yeah, absolutely. So by way of background, um, like most of my clients, most entrepreneurs, um, I started out in corporate America. So I worked at um, a couple of the big law firms in the country doing corporate litigation. Um, and the traditional law firm model is that we bill for time, right? So, and when you're at especially a big law firm, but even some of the smaller ones, you know, you're expected to bill X number of hours a year. Um, firms, you know, very little bit, but it's usually somewhere around 2000 hours a year, which if you do the math, it's like, okay, you've really got to bill eight hours a day. Um, so yeah, if you ever want to, you know, try this exercise out, you know, try to track your time, you know, down to the last minute and make sure it adds up to eight. Like, I guarantee you don't work a full eight hours a day every single day, you know. Um, but, you know, I wanted to get out of that rat race for all the reasons that everybody wants to get out of corporate America, right? I was fed up with office politics and the foolishness and, you know, trying to build 2000 hours. I mean, just the whole thing is just stupid. Um, and I'm sure everybody here has a similar horror story of what it's like to work in those types of environments where you just feel like you're just a cog in the machine. Mm -hmm. um, but when I left, I didn't want to do what a lot of people do, which is, okay, I'm going to go be a traditional, you know, small firm solo attorney. So I've got to switch practice areas and become a divorce lawyer or a personal injury lawyer, right? I, I know nothing about those areas of law. Um, but I looked around and I realized, you know, Columbus is such an entrepreneurial market. Like there's so many entrepreneurs here. And for some reason that I still don't understand, there are so few attorneys that are truly focused on serving small businesses. You know, you go downtown, everybody's chasing the same Fortune 500 clients. And I'm like, that's great. But what about the other 90% of businesses who are doing the same things and have the same legal questions and it's the same legal work you know, maybe there just aren't as many zeros in that contract, but that doesn't change contract law. So 
as I started looking at it and thinking about how I wanted to do this, you know, and deciding that I really wanted to focus on, you know, the small but mighty entrepreneurs, um, I wanted to do things differently. I didn't want people to be afraid to pick up the phone to call and ask the question, because I feel like part of my job is to educate you about the legal stuff um, that you might not even know is going to come back to bite you so that you can go back and focus on what it is you're passionate about. No, you're not passionate about drafting a contract. I don't expect you to be, right? That's my job. Um, and so I do most of my work on a flat fee basis. There are a couple things that are just really hard to figure out that we will default back to hourly on. I will confess that. Um, and some of it is just the ethics rules are still old school. Our hands are tied. The fees have to be reasonable. And part of how they look at that is, well, how long did it take you to do it? Um, but to your point, I don't want a, a client to be afraid to call me and ask the question and then do something and it blows up in their face. Now it's going to cost them 10 times as much for me to fix it. Right. So, you know, we do most projects on a flat fee basis. I already know how long it's going to take, right? I don't need to bill you a half hour for research, especially when, you know, as quiet as it's kept, you know, half of that was me surfing the internet and trying to get focused on, oh yeah, yeah, so I'm still be researching this issue, right? And, and I say that half jokingly, but I mean, if you've ever worked at a firm and you've done billable hours, right? And everybody's, you know, putting in their time at the end of the month, right? And you're billing, you know, Jeff said quarter hours, a lot of law firms is six minute increments. So it's down to like 0.1, right? Um, if you're doing that and you're required to put your time in at the end of the month, I guarantee you there are folks that, you know, are making it up at the end of the month so that it adds up to the right number of hours. I mean, you tell me how much time you spent on that email you spent 30 days ago. <laughs> yeah. Come on, like, come on. It's, it's foolishness. Um, I know how long it's going to take us to draft an independent contractor agreement because I've done a gazillion of them at this point, right? I, I don't need to surprise you with the bill for that. I don't need to add extra to the bill because you're going to call and ask me a question about it, right? Because I already know that, right? So I've already built it into the whole package. So we do flat fees. We do payment plans. Um, for some clients, they know they're going to need a lot of stuff. We do a general counsel service. So here's your legal budget for the year. And now you've got my team for the year, right? Um, and we don't have to play those games 90, 95% of the time. I love it. And that's one of the things that I think I always hear from small business owners. Well, I know that I need this, but I'm getting started and I can't afford X amount, you know, per hour and get a surprise bill on something on, you know, this is my second client that I'm getting and I'm finally getting serious about not doing a handshake. So you know, a friend of a friend gave me this, I changed some of the names around and this will probably be good enough. And I always tell people having a really good lawyer and accountant in your back pocket when you own a yep. small business is money super well spent. Uh, yeah. You know, if you're a lawyer by trade and you're setting up a law firm and can do your own contracts or you're a CPA or a bookkeeper, you probably shouldn't be doing your own legal advice to yourself or your own bookkeeping and accounting and, and tax stuff. Cause it, those areas are so nuanced with people that have spent a lot of time in school, a lot of time studying, keeping up on laws and things that are always changing that you want that expert helping to kind of guide you through these, you know, through these waters. Cause there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the biggest problem with templates is, 
I see people, they make changes and they don't know what that change meant. Or they take mm-hmm. things out because it sounds like legal gibberish and it doesn't sound that important and you had no idea why it was in there in the first place. So I tell people, you know, we're not trying to talk down to you. I'm not saying you're not incredibly smart and intelligent and hardworking because if you're an entrepreneur, you have to be those things. But you don't know what you're doctoring up, right? Like there's a reason that law school is a little bit more than I just did a Google search, right? There's a reason that we still have to do so many hours of continuing legal education every year. I go to these things and I learn something new every time, right? So how on earth are my small business clients supposed to know, oh, there was a change in the law and then blah, blah, blah. And so now we got to fix this and all your contract, right? Like you don't have any way of keeping up with that stuff. Um, and so that's what we're here for. Um, and to your point, you know, the, I, I want people to walk away from this and realize there's no excuse for not calling. Okay. We don't charge for initial consultations. Right. So there's absolutely no excuse to not come in and ask the question. Right. We're not going to let you have five or six consultations for free, but that initial one is a freebie. So no excuse to not come ask the question. One of the things that's coming to my mind is I listen to this and Maritza, I got to say, I never heard that part of your story before. I really wish I would have known that six years ago, or maybe you did tell me that six years ago and I don't remember it. That's entirely possible. But what I'm hearing as we're talking about the cost for legal services and the way you do business, Marita, which I absolutely love, um, is that this isn't an expense. It's an investment in your business. And if you can shift your mindset around When you need to connect with your lawyer and talk about that contract law, talk about trademark and copyright, which I mean, in the business that I'm in, that's a really important thing. Um, And and the whole thing with employment, if you can shift that, the being connected to my lawyer and having them review things, having them draft things for me is an investment and a protection as opposed to an expense, you'll be so much further ahead of the game. That's critical. Yeah, and I, I think that some of that is just on us attorneys and the way that we've either been taught to talk to people or, or, or not taught, you know, to talk about value, right? Um, you know, talking about price stuff is hard, right? But, you know, to your point, if we're putting that independent contractor agreement together for you and we're crafting it specifically for your business and exactly what your folks do, how many times are you going to reuse that document, right? So yeah, it may seem like sticker shock for the initial price, but you're going to reuse that thing five, six, a dozen times, right? For a bunch of different independent contractors, Mm -hmm. you know, same thing with your basic customer service agreement, right? How often are you going to reuse that? Um, I think my personal favorite is every time somebody calls and they want to talk about buying a franchise and let's, I mean, we're talking, you know, $100,000, $200,000 investments, and they don't want to spend a few thousand dollars with an attorney because we've got to go through franchise disclosure documents that are 100 pages and a contract that's another 2025, and they're setting up a new business, and they're bringing in business partners, and they don't want to invest in that, but they're willing to spend $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 on a franchise. You're not taking the long view here. You're not looking at this as an investment. You're looking at it as, oh, that attorney's just trying to get in my pocket. No, I'm trying to make sure that, you know, you know what you're getting into, because otherwise you're going to be stuck in something you're not going to like. The person who's trying to get in your pocket is not the attorney. Right. Yeah. I mean, the bank charges you what 4% closing costs just off the top. Doesn't matter what it is. Um, I talked to a lot of attorneys. You know, if you're doing a business purchase, we wish we could charge that much. (laughs) (laughs) 
think the ethics folks would have my head if I did that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is so it is so key. And I think the other thing that I'm picking up on on in the discussion today is, you know, it's really about partnership too. You know, having that partnership on both sides from, you know, your lawyer that's representing you and your company. And as the business owner, having that partnership to, you know, and not to be afraid to pick up the call as a client and say, hey, can I ask a question or get a consultation on this issue? Do I need to change a contract? Do I need a contract on this? Here's what we talked about doing. Does this something that you've done for me before? Can I use that? Or is this really something different? And I'm trying to fit a square peg into a round hole here. You know, and that's, I think, one of the key things is having that, you know, really good, solid partnership uh, with someone like you that understands small business. Yeah, and is willing to partner with you instead of saying, oh, you sent me an email, so I'm going to send you a bill for, you know, 0.3 hours, you know, like, come on, right? And again, some of that's on attorneys, right, um, and just not taking the time to be proactive and think through, okay, on average, I know clients are going to do that, just build it into the price. Um, you know, people would rather pay that fair price up front, especially small businesses, and just be able to put it in the business budget for the year and be done with it, um, rather than getting nickel and dime just because, you know, I, I asked the question. Um, and, you know, you talk about partnerships, you know, we even will partner up with your other service providers, right? So I was talking to somebody about contracts the other week, you know, and we get to the section on insurance policies and what do you have to have and is that cost effective and does it make sense in this situation? Let's jump on the phone with your insurance agent and figure it out, right? Like, that it's got to be a team effort. Um, and so, you know, sometimes that has to be a part of it. And again, that needs to be part of the equation and not just uh, now you're getting a surprise bill for me and your insurance agent and, you know, your accountant, because we all want to charge you hourly. And so if we can build a model where that's, where that, that partnership is, is um, integrated into it automatically. And we know Generally speaking, because I understand that there are some times when this is not a standard, if there is such a thing, standard contract that you're going to have to do something that's on a flat fee. You can't do it on a flat fee basis because we don't know how much it's going to take. And that doesn't mean you're surfing the net trying to trying to get yourself in the, in the mindset to be able to go do what you need to do. I love that picture. That's just hilarious. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't do that sometimes because it's just like, I can't put my brain there yet. Um, exactly. I mean, this is just real life because, oh my gosh, I'm not sure, but I think lawyers are also people along with being and it's human nature right you know yeah, you start exactly. the internet, you're doing some research over here oh the tab's not loading fast enough let me go check my email oh look i'm a guitar player there's a sale like come on right yeah. and then in the case of Rhonda and i usually in safari for each of us because i've seen her computer there's 50 tabs that are open and i think it was last week one of my tabs started playing randomly music oh my God, and I was like, oh, I was getting ready to say, well, who is that? And then I was like, oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for telling everybody that sometimes I have 50 tabs open. I really appreciate that. Actually, You're I don't welcome. 50, but it might be 25, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, to your point, like, you know, business purchases and sales are a really good example of that, right? Where I've got a sense of what it'll cost, but 
they're all over the place, right? And and honestly, it's it's less about the size of the deal and more about how many people are involved. Um, that seems to be what gums up the works, right? So if it's just you and the other person, fine, we probably get that done pretty quickly. Uh, you know, if it's you know you and six business partners and a bank's involved and there's underwriting, right? And, and maybe it's a franchise, right? That's going to take longer, right? It's going to be more expensive. Yeah. Um, well, so those are hard to really- fall apart. Yeah. Let's let's be real with the fact that it's complicated. And just for the record, um, in those <laughs> sorry, I just saw something in the chat. Um, in those situations, we want somebody who's looking out for our best interest. I mean, when you're talking about a situation where there could be some adversarial things going on, I want my lawyer to be a barracuda. That's what I want. So, yeah, and, and sometimes they're not necessarily adversarial, but you just haven't thought through everything. So inevitably, everybody comes into my office and they go, we figured it out, right? Here are the bullet points. This is what we want. We just need the attorney to put that legal language around. Just just do the legalese, right? I love and this. As you uh-huh. start, right? No, no, no. I love start it. Talking to them, right? The more you start putting words on paper and actual sentences and get beyond bullet points, all of a sudden, inevitably, there's something that's like, oh, I didn't think through that. Hold on. Is that what we want? Right. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. We've got to discuss that a little bit more. Like the devil is in the details and that's where your attorney's coming in. Yeah. And, and the details are things that many of us don't think about because that's not the space we're in, or we've never, we've never been exposed to the situation where you as the attorney have been exposed to this situation, which you were talking about earlier. So, um, it's just, this is one of the key places where the attorney brings a value that people don't necessarily think about because we don't know we need to. Yeah. Or we're convinced, you know, it'll never happen to me. Right. Uh-huh, yeah, famous I'm just a small business. Um, if I could scratch that from everybody's vocabulary, that'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> you're more than the size of your business. <laughs> no, that's really awesome. true. That's a really good point. And even if you are a small business, the word just does not enter into it. You you are a small business. You're not just yeah. a small business. I am a small business owner. This is critical information. And what I do is critical to the economy. Yeah. And the law doesn't change because you're small or any of that, right? Like there's no exception to the basic rules of contracts because you're small. Um, the judge is not going to have more sympathy, sympathy for you because you're small, right? They're not going to cut you slack because you're small. Like that's not how that works. Um, you're not entitled to a lot of the consumer protections because you're not, you're a business. Um, and so we've got to get away from this idea of, oh, I'm just a small business. It won't happen to me. Or I'm just a small business. Uh, they'll cut me some slack. Yeah. I love that. It, it is uh, so important. And the one thing that um, would be great if you want to, plug how people can get in contact with you, because I think that's one of the things we always like to put out here on anyone that we have in um, on the show uh, here with us on Mondays. What's the best way to reach out to you if someone's looking and needs that consultation or is looking for, you know, someone in the law profession to help them that really understands small business? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the easiest thing to do is to go to our website. It's MSN, so my initials, lawoffice.com, msnlawoffice.com. And on every page of the website, there's this giant scheduling button. Um, so you can go ahead, schedule your initial consultation, get on the calendar, right? There, there You can put in what you'd like to talk about, right? Um, and that way we've got some dedicated time to just sit down with you and learn more about your business, your goals, what you're worried about, what's keeping you up at night. Um, and then we can really talk through, okay, how, how we might be best able to help you. Um, and of course, there's also just a ton of information on the website. So if you want to know more about independent contractors or selling a business or whatever, right, um, we're really putting a lot of work into just putting that educational content out there and making it available to people. And the, the other plug that I would say is if you sign up to follow the blog, uh, your content that you send out with the the emails with the topics are like top notch for any small business owner. Um, you know, even if you don't, I hate to say this, if you feel like you don't have a need and you're not going to schedule at a minimum, do yourself a favor and get on your distribution list because it will open your eyes and help you see the value in a good legal partner. Um, you guys have put out so much great content over the last year, especially with the 1099, um, independent contractor versus employees. And you talked about that earlier. And there's a ton of great stuff uh, that your firm puts out that I think is super beneficial for people to, to know about and even keep up to date on. So it might trigger like, oh man, I really should get a consultation on this because I can see myself in this blog post. This is me. <laughs> you know, I am yeah. doing these things and I had no idea that these are potential risks or pitfalls. And man, I really need to have a conversation about this. Yeah. And so often that's what it is. And, and I tell people, you know, my job, like, I feel like it is part of my job to really educate the small business community. So even if you never hire us, you, you'd like, oh, whatever, they're just trying to sell stuff. Like, first of all, there is no hard sales pitch in any of those emails. Like at, they all probably end in, you know, schedule a consultation, right? That's it. Um, I'm, we're not the used car salesman type. We're not out to get you or anything. Like, even if you never hire me, I want you to have the information and the resources available right now. The catch is the law is complicated, right? That there's an exception to every rule. So, you know, you can't just take a blog post and be like, Oh, now I know everything about independent contractors. Um, but at least you've got the information, right? At least you were made aware of it, right? So then if something does happen, you go, all right, well, at least, you know, I got some education, I got some information. Again, too often people are just afraid to get the information. They're either afraid it's gonna cost too much or they're afraid they're gonna get that hard sales push and they don't want that, right? And, and that's not my goal at all. My goal is you're passionate about what you do, you love what you, what you do, I want you to be successful at that, but you gotta know this stuff or at least mm -hmm. be made aware of it. Yeah. First step. The first step is awareness. Yeah. yeah. Knowledge is power, right? So, you know, don't yeah. say, oh, I had no idea, right? The information's out there, right? We're trying to make it available to people. Um, but yeah, we got to get people over that, you know, kind of fear of calling the attorney. Yeah. And I'm guessing ignorance isn't a good defense. Ignorance isn't a defense ever. Like, <laughs> Not in the criminal world, not in the civil world. Like ignorance of the law is never a defense, right? I, I literally once had a client say that. I was like, I just I didn't know, right? Like I again, I'm just a small business, right? They've got to cut me some slack. No, no, they don't. They won't. Not gonna happen.
So yeah, you may be a small business and you may not have known, but that's not a good, that's not going to cut it when you go to court. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, no one cares. No, no one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that's and, just, and we have thing. to have that because I mean, think about all the things that people could claim ignorance of and then somebody else on the other end of that situation is in a world of hurt. So that's just really or funny. somebody's just taking advantage of it you know we see that in contracts a lot where somebody's like oh i didn't realize that that was like a legal term and it had a very specific definition right i just thought it was or you know they told me the contract said blah 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 which is what we talked about so i went ahead and signed it and it's like that is not what this contract says at all right um maybe it was accidental or maybe they really were trying to take advantage of you um but yeah ignorance is not a defense you know the contract should have said could have said would have said no one cares yeah because it's what it does say, not what it could have, would have, should have said. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, this time has flown by. Oh, my gosh. Which I knew it would. Because, you know, if, if you're around Maritza for any length of time, you know that she is a very engaging person to have a conversation with. So we knew that that time was going to go by really quickly. And Maritza, we are so grateful for everything you've shared with us, I really strongly encourage people to go to msnlawoffice.com and check out all the great information that Marisa has there. Schedule a conversation if you need to have some um, law-related work done or if you just need to figure out whether you do need to have some law work um, done. And just for the record, I didn't know you had this great blog out there. Guess who's going to sign up for the blog right now? That would be me. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to sign up on the blog. So oh, now I've got all the pressure in the world today, to write some more blog posts. I'm sorry, say that again? I said, now I've got all the pressure in the world to write some more blog posts. <laughs> People have no idea. And I, I think everybody can relate to this, right? As a small business owner, right? We all think our job is, you know, whatever the business does. And in reality, you've got to wear so many hats that you spend. I tell people all the time, like, congratulations, you're an entrepreneur. Your new job is marketing. Um, and so I think people are surprised at how much time I get to spend on actual client work and how much time I spend, you know, writing and reading and marketing and doing meetings like this. And yeah, but I absolutely love it. Yeah, absolutely love it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Well, Maritza, on the side, you and I need to have a conversation about how to create content in a way that doesn't absolutely kill you. So, but <laughs> I'm serious. We need to have that conversation. Yeah. We will do that. And I don't know, next next month at the NABO meeting or whatever, when it's over with, we can have a short conversation about that. But um, it's been great having you on. Really would encourage people to go out, reach out to you because having a small business attorney is really important. Maybe you don't need her today, but you need to know that she's there and connected so that when something happens, um, <laughs> so that when something happens, it's not like you're going, oh my God, I've got to go in and it's totally cold. That's not fun. So yeah. having somebody that you've actually spoken to before, <laughs> Grant says, if you ever need any help with videos to market your business, I know a guy. That's a, he's a, a video marketing person. Hey, way to promote yourself. I love Grant. it, Grant. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, the other thing I would tell people is don't wait till the last minute. Um, every attorney I know right now is insanely busy, as probably most of you are, right? We're all struggling to hire. Don't wait till the business is on fire to call us. Um, at least with me, it doesn't cost you anything to ask the question. So ask the questions. Um, Sooner absolutely. rather than later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, 
great to talk with you. We've ta we promised we'd be done uh, taking up your time at one o'clock and we don't want to, you know, get that six minute billing thing going on. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Maritza, for being with us. My and pleasure. We will be back next week to talk storytelling through video with Beth Manduni. So have a great week. Thanks, Thanks a lot time. for all you've br brought to us. Take care. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you want more resources similar to this, follow our LinkedIn company page. Just search for Inflection Point Hub on LinkedIn and follow us there.